I'm Daniel Levine, and this is the Bio Report. The controversy over the high price of new drugs and the question of the value they provide will come under increased scrutiny thanks to a grant to a Boston-based nonprofit that works to get at these questions. The Laura and John Arnold Foundation this week announced it is providing $5.2 million to the Institute for Clinical and Economic Review aimed at transforming the way new drugs are evaluated and priced. We spoke to Sarah Eman, COO of the Institute, about the work it does, what this new grant will do to expand that work, and how to get at the question of the value of new drugs. Sarah, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me, Danny. We're going to talk about the Institute for Clinical and Economic Review, the work you do there, and a recent boost to your efforts to get to the value of drugs and diagnostics. Perhaps you can begin with a brief overview of the Institute for listeners who may not be familiar with it. Absolutely. Um, ICER, as we affectionately call it, uh, was formed back in 2006 as a, an academic institute uh, focused on doing comparative effectiveness research with an emphasis on both the clinical effectiveness and value. Through the years, we've established um, a national reputation for looking at comparative effectiveness with the emphasis on value, but also bringing our research to public deliberative bodies. One's called the California Technology Assessment Forum, and the other is the New England Comparative Effectiveness Research uh, Advisory Council. And those two entities, uh, in conjunction with the work that ICER does, are really attempting to bring some transparency to how we evaluate drugs, devices, and medical interventions in the healthcare system. There was news earlier this week that the Lauren John Arnold Foundation is providing a $5.2 million grant to the Institute. What will this allow you to do? How significantly will it expand your work? Very significantly. Last year, um, many of your listeners will be uh, um, familiar with the news about the hepatitis C drugs that came on the market from Gilead Sciences, and we took a look at some of the new drugs uh, that were introduced in that class. And what we were able to come up with using our methodology was a value-based price benchmark, a range, if you will, of price for those drugs that would represent a high value to the healthcare system. That caught the attention of the foundation, and they were able to uh, make this grant to ICER so that we can expand how many new drugs we look at. The goal will be in the first two years to look at 15 to 20 new drugs and look at those drugs and create and um, recommend a value-based price benchmark in addition to looking at the comparative clinical effectiveness of the new drugs on the market. What would you say the relationship is today between the price of a drug and its value? I think that we've had a situation where the, the price of the drug and the value it brings to the system has essentially been divorced. And I think we've had a system where drugs have been able to be set by the manufacturers There have been negotiations that happen between health plans and pharmacy benefit managers offline, and then they come to a price that the the system can can afford at times. 
With the hepatitis C drugs, we saw that introducing the drugs at the price that they were, um, that the manufacturers set would have been an undue burden on many different healthcare systems. For example, if everyone on Medicaid who had hep C in California was given the new drugs, they would have seen an increase in per member per month spending of 4%, which is unsustainable for a lot of different health systems and funders of, of health insurance. And so we hope to bring some transparency to the process of looking at price. If we need to um, um, talk about the potential budget impact of a new drug, we have this new methodology that will allow us to look at how that will um, impact um, a particular budget, say, a Medicaid department, a pharmacy benefit manager. And so we're hoping that there'll be more of a connection between price and the value that it brings to the healthcare system. In the case of drugs like the, the new hepatitis C drugs, I suspect a, a manufacturer would say that they did price the drug based on its value. What's wrong with the way we price drugs today? How tied is pricing to value? I think it's because it's been a bit of a black box. I don't think there's been a significant amount of transparency to what goes into the pricing. I think that if we had more um, uh, emphasis or more transparency around why they were pricing a drug at a certain amount, that that would be a step in the right direction. We really hope that the new program we're launching, the methodology that we're bringing, will be part of a conversation. Um, This is not meant just to be targeted at payers and and patients and provider groups. We are um, hopeful that the manufacturer community will be part of the discussion of how we use this transparency around price evaluation um, to improve the, um, the way that we understand the prices being set by manufacturers from the very beginning. How should we determine value? The way that we've designed the system is that value should be looked at in two ways. One is cost effectiveness. So kind of a wonky term, but it's basically looking at the benefit a drug brings to um, the the patient and the trade-offs that that, um, come with that drug, potentially saving money downstream because of an avoided hospitalization. We consider there to be in a second essential part of the conversation about value, and that's budget impact. And that looks at what will treating all eligible patients for with a new drug do to a particular budget. And we look at those two pieces together for an important reason. Something can be cost-effective. Many analyses, and including our own of the hepatitis C drug, showed that it was cost-effective using some international standards for um, what cost-effectiveness thresholds it met. From a budget impact perspective, however, because of the large eligible population, it would have meant sacrifices on on the behalf of patients um, through payers, maybe not offering other drugs or other services in order to pay for the new drugs. So we believe that the best way to look at value is to look at both both cost effectiveness and budget impact. If cost effectiveness compares the value of a new drug to the existing treatments available, and the pricing system we use today is broken, is there a problem using cost-effectiveness to get at the true value of a drug? I think it's an essential component. We just don't think that it works in isolation, and that's because of the number of patients that could be eligible for a particular drug. One of the drugs that we're going to look at this year are the new class PCSK9 for high cholesterol. And their um, current treatment for those patients are statin drugs, many of which are generic, don't cost a lot of money on an annual basis. 
the new drugs are expected if all eligible patients would, could switch, depending on how the labeling comes out from the FDA, an additional $100 million just in that class. And so we don't um, have a system for saying there's $100 million new dollars that we need to be spending in the healthcare system. Where are we getting that money? Is it increased taxes? Is it higher premiums? Is it shifted cost shifting to, or increased cost shifting to patients? This is why we think the conversation needs to include the budget impact aspect of value. The drug industry has long justified the high cost of research and development as part of the justification for the high prices of new therapies. Is the cost of R&D relevant at all to the discussion of drug pricing from a value perspective? I think it is. And I think what we need to, to what we're trying to attempt with the new program is that um, we've separated the consideration of price from value. And we want um, in manufacturers to be rewarded for their innovation. And we want them to understand the, um, the calculus that we can do um, through this program to help them know what we consider or what the value-based price benchmark could be for future therapies as part of their development. And so in, 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 our, um, in our future, we hope that the ICER value-based price benchmark is something that manufacturers consider during development to help pick the best candidates. And so that we get away from this um, the scenario that we've been in where price and value are divorced. We are moving into a, a new era of medicine where we're not just dealing with treatments, but in some cases, potential cures. I'm thinking here not only of Savaldi for hepatitis C, but new gene therapies. How does that alter the value equation? I'm not sure it does. I think that the analysis that we have, both the cost effectiveness and the budget impact, can absolutely account for breakthrough treatment. Um, when you do a cost effectiveness and you are able to show an extension of life, um, the public health benefit of, um, of, a, of a cure, um, those those factors will absolutely be taken in, into account as we do the analysis. And so I don't think that it's a separate category. It's something that gets incorporated into the methodology. There have been a number of efforts to rein in drug prices and better align them with value. Oncologists are trying to provide an online database. Payers have sought to bring competition around new high-priced drugs. Do you see any of these recent efforts having a, a meaningful impact? I do. Um, and I think that all of the efforts around increasing the transparency around price um, are important. And we hope that our effort is complementary to what ASCO has been doing in the drug abacus because we see the um, emphasis on comparative value being an important part of that conversation. The ASCO work is really um, so important because it's targeted at the conversation between the doctor and the patient, and they're able to use their framework in order to understand the cost outlay with the benefit they could receive. And we hope that what we're doing can be seen as a little bit upstream. And so before it gets to that conversation between a doctor and a patient, ISA will release a value-based price benchmark on a new drug that will help um, the payers, the manufacturers, and the patients understand um, what value that drug is bringing to the system. We can talk about value, but a critical part of the issue of pricing is the ability to negotiate. 
How much of an issue are the restrictions on CMS to negotiate prices in terms of the U.S. paying more for drugs than other countries? You're right that other countries have national bodies that do these analyses and negotiate because they have um, the, the government paying for the majority of health care. One reason we're hopeful that our, our, our program and our methodology will be um, well-received is that we've designed it to be something that works in our uniquely American healthcare system. We don't have a government mandate. No one has to use the value-based price benchmark, but we think that bringing this transparency to the methodology and to the conversation will help those um, payers and others negotiate with the manufacturers um, in a more... Um, open uh, fashion. I think that the CMS restrictions um, are a function of our uniquely American healthcare system, and it's not something that we're advocating for change um, around. We think that um, given the system we have, multiple payers um, doing multiple negotiations with varied manufacturers could use one system for analyzing comparative value. As you begin to expand your work and line up projects, how will you prioritize what you do? Great question. We'll be actually making a lot of this information available publicly very soon, but I can give you a bit of a snapshot. There will be several different criteria we'll look at when trying when picking new topics. The first two, one of which I mentioned, the PCSK9 drugs for cholesterol. The other is the new drug um, for um, congestive heart failure that was recently approved. Um, and we picked those because we've been hearing from different stakeholders that these are drugs in the pipeline, that they're very interested in um, seeing the evident, comparative evidence on and the comparative value analysis on because they expect them to have a large impact from a budget perspective. We will look at the combination of the expected date of approval by the FDA, the patient population, the expected budget impact, and analyst estimates of pricing in order to prioritize which drugs we should look at next. There is a scenario down the line with additional support and ramping up the project where we will be looking at every um, new, what we would call significant drug approval and releasing a value-based price benchmark for each of those drugs. Sarah Iman, COO of the Institute for Clinical and Economic Review. Sarah, thanks so much for your time today. Thank you, Danny. Thanks for listening. The Bio Report is a production of the Levine Media Group. To automatically download this podcast each week, subscribe to our RSS feed or through iTunes or other podcast manager. To join our mailing list, go to levinemediagroup.com. We'd love to hear from you. If you want to drop us a line or are interested in sponsoring this podcast, send email to danny at levinemediagroup.com. Special thanks to Jonah Levine, who composed our theme music, and the Jonah Levine Collective, which performs it.